Good evening, citizens. My name is Ban Shattersong, former captain of the Bloody Hands Mercenary Company. And today I want to talk to you about something that you might not assume I have. And those are friends. Specifically, how to support your mates when you bring friends along to Anvil Town. Now, this is something that's really, really important uh, for the growth of the game, but also for introducing your friends to the hobby and making sure they have a good time. I've got a few hints and tips from both sides of the coin that I've personally experienced myself being a noob, but also as a, quote, veteran of the hobby, I've actually used to get my mates involved. They've had a good time, and I thought it'd be really helpful to share that with all of you delightful listeners. Also, apologies, I haven't posted anything in like four weeks. I've had Empire, a week in India, a week in the States, a week in the UK, LARP. Now I'm back and it's been pretty wild and going across that many time zones in like four weeks totally screws your brain. So luckily I've had some sleep and uh, I'm ready to get going again. We've got some great interviews lined up for next week uh, with a couple of players and maybe, just maybe, Walk the Longest Path, Part 2. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Today we're going to focus on Welcome to Anvil and how to support your mates. So I mentioned there's two sides of a coin, the noob and the veteran is what I'm going to call them. Of course, the, the I think the better term and realistically more practical one is newer player and experienced player, or even just new player. Although newer players still need some support, I think... The, the aim of this uh, episode is to look at someone who's brand new to Anvil, they've just got in the door, how do we as players in the hobby give them the best experience? So, let's start with the new players. Soft kit. You might hear the term soft and hard kit, and what this means is um, essentially the different types of clothing and equipment you can have on the field. Soft is things like trousers, boots, tunics, shirts, belts, that kind of stuff. Hard kit is armor, weapons, um, uh, let's say in character canvas tents, the really fancy ones that you'll see going around. This kind of hard kit, do not get it for your first event. If you really want to buy it at your first event, once you've fallen in love with our lovely hobby, by all means, jump in. However, for your first event, it's it's a new hobby. It's an entirely new hobby and you might not like it. And the last thing you want to do is sink, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds into swords and armor that you might not even like using or might not even suit your character. You might get to the event as a, let's say, a Dornish knight, you know, very Arthurian, you know, full plate armor, sword and shield. And then actually look at the Navarre and think, hang on, I want to play with a bow and, you know, run around in some sort of brown and green pajamas. Uh, don't tell them I said pyjamas, but you get my point. Don't invest in this kind of kit too early on, is my strongest, strongest piece of advice. Especially when, uh, I'll touch on it in the next couple of points, especially when that uh, cash, because it does cost money, like any hobby, um, I, I would personally say it's better spent looking at upgrading your soft kit. Now your soft kit, to start off with, I would recommend going to a charity shop 
and looking for a basic tunic and trousers combo in the colours of the nation you want to join. Uh, I'll, I'll cover that later in the veteran section about nations and characters, but fundamentally you need a t-shirt, some trousers and some boots. Ideally, I would recommend you get two t-shirts, two sets of trousers in case one gets muddy, sweaty, covered in puke, alcohol, fake blood, um, any of the other sources that go around Anvil. Um, if you've got something to change into, that's great. But frankly, you know, again, we're trying to find the most uh, cost-efficient way of doing this for yourself as a new player. Having just one outfit is probably enough. Two is ideal. Especially if you're prone to rolling in the mud like me, you'll want a spare change of clothes if they get wet. Now, in general this year, the weather anvil has been pretty good. However, sometimes because it's UK weather, it can just chuck it down with rain. And there is nothing more miserable than being in wet kit for the whole weekend. So, base tunic and trousers. Jump in a charity shop or at a stretch, go to Primark and get a pair of... Um, so you get women's leggings uh, that actually make quite good. Uh, we call them hero pants. You might recognize them from Vikings or other TV shows where they're kind of um, constricted at the calf, but then baggy above the knee. Uh, that kind of look, it can come in lots of different browns. It's just a great base layer to start off your first costume. All the fancy stuff you see online will come later. But just to begin with, just get a pair of tunics and trousers. The next thing to cover is layers. Now, it can get very cold at night. It can also get very cold during the day um, in some of the, we call them winter and autumn events. They're basically at the, the tail end of the year. I think uh, winter is in April and autumn is in September. And they can, again, English weather, it can get a bit chilly. Now, if you're purchasing your tunic and your trousers and they happen to be made of like a thick or maybe wool, sorry, a thicker material, or maybe wool, or anything like that, great. I think those are great purchases. But the cool thing about layers is that you can take them on or off. So let's say I get a shirt and a jacket. I can take that jacket off when it's hot and put it on when it's cold. Very practical, but also it looks cool. If you look at any, uh, for example, take the Rangers of Athelion um, from Lord of the Rings, the outfit is actually quite simple. Uh, it's got sort of a tunic, some trousers, a, a jerkin, which is kind of like a waistcoat, and then a cloak. Now that isn't too hard to get hold of, especially if you're good in your charity shops. Uh, the, the cloak maybe not, but other things, yes. But they look on screen, they look so cool. And that's because of those layers, having things like bandanas as face masks. Um, of course, all the, the belts and bows help, but it looks really cool if you have layers and it's practical as well. And this applies for things like uh, belts as well. You know, again, you can go to Primark, pick some up, but the, the weird and wonderful stuff you see in charity shops, just buy like two or three belts. Like you don't, you're not limited to only one belt at a time. In uh, some of my first couple of events, I actually had two belts around my, around my waist because I didn't have, um, you'll see chunky thick belts, they're called hero belts. Um, I didn't have one of those yet. And so I just thought, right, it just looks cool in the mirror. I'll just wear a bunch of belts. And uh, it did look pretty cool. So yeah, layers make kit go is what I've got in my notes here. But uh, hopefully you understand the point. And also around temperature. Second point on temperature, you do not want to be cold and wet. So I'd recommend getting a pair of thermals or pyjamas, something 
Uh, I mean, pyjamas so you can wear to bed if it's cold. So you've got something dry and cosy to be in, in your tent. But also having a set of thermals, like um, literally like running thermals, that you can put on underneath your kit, like a leggings and a, and a t-shirt, for example, that you can't see under your tunic and your sort of your LARP kit. But it will keep you warm when inevitably you get to an event and it's super, super cold. I think uh, it, it, in blunt honesty, having a good night's sleep is the most overpowered thing you can do at LARP. It recharges your batteries, gets you ready for the next day, and it's pretty much impossible to do that cold. If you're nice and warm, you can have a good night's sleep and it's going to set you up so well for the weekend. Especially when, let's face it, you're in a you know, brand new social scenario. It can be really scary talking to loads of new people. Um, it can be really intense with some of the role play, and you can also find that walking around Anvil for hours on end is exhausting. And if you have a good night's sleep, you're ready for anything. If you're stupid, like I was at E3 on the, um, I think it was the, the Thursday and the Saturday night, I stayed up until the early hours in the morning, sort of the three or fours, um, it totally wrecks you. And um, it does degrade from the next day. And since these events are so few and far between, don't shoot yourself in the foot by screwing yourself over in the bedroom department. Unless you are screwing in the bedroom department, in which case, well done. But anyway, moving on to walking and specifically what you're going to put on your feet. Good boots. Get a good set of walking boots or um, military surplus army boots. Uh, I, I use um, cadet boots. Um, they're sort of right about the £40 mark, uh, the brown ones you get in military surplus stores. Um, they'll last you absolutely years. I had my original set from when I was 16 until last year. So I'm 20, oh geez, I turned 27 last week. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's, they lasted over a decade and that included you know, cadets itself. All my hikes I've done across those years, runs, tabs, and of course, LARPing and getting muddy. For 40 quid, really, really, really good investment. So I would thoroughly recommend some cadet boots. Or if you want something lighter in area, a pair of walking boots if you've got them already in sort of like a black or drab browns, all of that is fine. As long as your footwear isn't like, you know, bright orange or white trainers, go for it. I mean, hell, even if you've got a set of like black vans or, you know, Converse, that kind of thing, as long as there's no white on them, you can probably get away with that. But you need to be comfortable with them getting ruined with some mud and water. Another thing you can do, uh, it's not necessary for your first time, but just as a cool little tip, you can get boot toppers, which are um, essentially bits of le you know fake leather or real leather, depending on what you get, uh, that go over your shoes. Uh, it's sometimes called gaiters, G-A-I-T-E-R-S. And what these do is they go over your shoe with like a strap underneath, but then they add like a leather layer to the boot and it looks awesome. I think it's the... Uh, Ooh, it's, is it the Swiss Guard or the Polish Guard? There's a, there's a military unit that still uses them nowadays. They look, I think, oh, it might be Dutch. Either way, they look really, really cool. And they can turn a, pe a pair of walking boots, which look fine, but, you know, they're walking boots. And it can turn them into a really cool-looking set of icy boots. No one about an eyelid at them. And the ones I've had were two quid off Amazon. They're kind of, they're kind of like fake shiny leathery, fake stuff. Um couple layers of mud and dust on them and they look fine and I've again I've been using them for years and the holes and tears that I've got in them just make the boots look more realistic 
Uh, so yeah, top tip, good boots, invest in them and they will look after you. The last thing you want is trench foot like a certain member of my striding from five years ago. All right, next up, a bag. Carrying things in your hands is lame. Okay, maybe not lame, but uh, if you've got a look around a water bottle, your in-character cash, your out-of-character cash, your phone, all of that jazz, you know, we don't do it in real life. We put stuff in our pockets or in a bag. The same applies at LARP. Unfortunately, a lot of things don't have pockets in them, but it gives us a great opportunity to get some cool pouches and bags. Uh, pouches you can put on your belt. You might have some at home, like a like an old leather coin purse. Again, you can sometimes pick these up at charity shops. But more realistically, I would say your first bag purchase should be a uh, almost like a canvas satchel or like a shoulder bag with a decent amount of volume. The reason being is you've got one bag. It's uh, let's call it your go bag. It's got all your stuff in. You pick it up and you're good to go. And anything you need on the field, like your water, some snacks, money. It's all just in there and it's convenient as all hell. The other reason is that if you go into uh, aforementioned military surplus store looking for your uh, classic cadet boots or even walking boots, um, you can get these like World War II canvas bags sometimes. And they look awesome. I got one for like 15 quid um, for E4. And it's absolutely perfect. It's probably about the size of a, um, A5 piece of paper, you know, a few inches deep. And it, it'll do it'll do you pretty much everything golden piece get a bag uh, because the whole pouch thing you might be able to borrow from your veteran friend that we'll cover later but uh, to look after yourself bring a bag you won't regret it next up is a water bottle now i've put in my notes here with a cover in reality if you've got a plastic bottle inside your bag no one's going to care like if you you know you turn to the side and swig out of it when you're thirsty that's fine uh, staying hydrated is actually quite difficult in Anvil. You're walking a lot, you're sweaty, it's hot, especially if you're wearing armor or layers of clothing. And uh, getting water inside you is really important. It keeps you fresh and keeps you active. Now, you can be fancy and uh, get a water bottle with like a leather cover. You can, you can buy those at the event. They're relatively inexpensive. But what you can also do is just get a normal bo plastic bottle and wrap a bandage around it. They're like 50 pence. And as long as you're covering up the, you know, the obvious plastic of it, no one's going to mind. You know, it'll look really cool. You can also get uh, water skins online. They look uh, sort of like like a kidney bean shape, I guess. I mean, if you just type in water skin, you'll, you'll see what I mean. I would exercise a little bit of caution with them. The cheap ones with sort of the beige suede sides do leak a little bit. They're not the most robust things, and they make your drink taste like ass they need a good rinse you know three or four with water before the taste starts to go away a little bit and in, in my personal opinion it's not worth it they sit around the 10 15 quid mark just icify sorry in character fi a bottle and you'll be golden cheaper easier and your water doesn't taste like ass next up join the discord there are discords Facebook pages and lots of different social media uh, sites that cover every single nation and also the Empire as a whole. Um, go sign up to them. Type Empire LARP, so LRP, um, into Facebook. You'll see all the different groups per nation. Just go shopping. Join all of them. Uh, if you want to announce and say, hello, I'm a new player and I would like to play in Varushka, 
jump it on those pages and you'll find lots of new friends who want to help you out. It's also a great place to go and have a look at people's costumes, camp plans, um, adverts, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a way of getting you connected to the people and the activities you're going to be doing before you actually get to the event. Um, and also, it's just fun to chat to people about LARP, right? Final point on being a new player is accessories. So again, cheap ass rings, necklaces, um, you know, belts I mentioned before. Um, you know, you can get headscarves, like a little bandana. They call like smiags, smegs. I can't, I can never, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's S M E A G H. Again, you can get them from your trusty military surplus store, but also there's loads of bandanas and the like online. And having one to wrap around your face is a uh, or your neck is a cool way of adding layers to your costume. As I talked about earlier, when there's lots of depth to a costume, it looks wicked. Also, having rings and stuff like that means you can, you know, if you're a league player, for example, you can create some backstory behind them. You know, why is this ring important? It's from my, you know, my dead husband, for example. Or, oh, it's a signet ring that I took from a defeated orc champion. You've actually got all these little things on you that can generate some really cool discussions if people ask about them. And um, again, bling is pretty cool. So that's it for my new player advice but fundamentally ignore the hard kit invest in your soft kit some good boots and staying warm next up let's go to the actual veterans so uh, i'd love to class myself as one maybe in uh inverted comments but this is the idea here is you know you've got a new player coming with you you need to support your friend now I'm not saying you know, I'm not trying to virtue signal or anything with that and saying oh you must help them and do everything with them but I think from what I found is I've, I've brought probably about 10 maybe 15 people to Empire LARP uh, myself and some of those have continued to stay and have themselves brought in more players and generated a pretty large group but then some of them have not and you know from my experience I could have helped them have a better first event and kept them invested and Ultimately, they might still not have chosen to come back, but we all want to, you know, get our friends invite, you know, invited to this hobby because it's awesome. And there's a few things you can do to make that first event a little bit easier on them. And the first one, from a veteran point of view, is hard kit, if possible. LARP weapons, shields, armor—it's expensive. You've got to, you know, the OC, uh, the outer character logistics for carrying it around is is difficult. But if you can get your mates a bit of basic armor, you know, so, uh, like a, a spare gambeson in my case, with some braces, some greaves, uh, a sword and a shield, or maybe just a spear, or e even just a knife, it gives them a way into the game, especially if they're a combat character, um, without having to invest hundreds of pounds in that kit just to try it out. You know, not everyone is going to want to be a fighter. That's fine. And it's not, you know, Empire has combat, but it is a political LARP, so you don't need to fight. However, every single new player I've brought has always asked about how do I get weapons, how do I get armor? I'd say there's probably about a 70-30 split between sort of male and female presenting um, players that I've brought in. And as you can probably imagine, the male side has really focused on the fighting, but so is the female as well. So um, you know, if you can provide it, bring that armor, enable their game, and let them try it out before they sink hundreds and hundreds of pounds into it. I think there's also an element of uh, FOMO, so fear of missing out, when it comes to weapons and armor, because they'll 
you know, if they turn up in a tunic and you give them a butter knife, and they see you in full, they see you in full chainmail with a sword and shield and a glorious banner, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get a bit jealous. They're gonna feel a bit uh, second rate. Now, of course, it is their first event, but at the same time, if I was in their shoes, and, and I have been, I look at them, I look at experienced players' kit and think that's awesome. I want that, and I could just go down to the traders and buy it straight away. Fundamentally, people could spend their cash how they want to. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I personally believe that letting them invest in their soft kit first before going hard is the best way to keep people in the game because it's less expensive, less upfront cost, and also gives them a chance to try out fighting without having to invest that kind of cash. But anyway, ranted, uh, ranted enough about that. Um, getting people involved, hard kit if possible, does make a big difference. Next up is making their character with them. So the, the way I see this is doing um, using sort of like a, a, a sales, uh, I'm, so OC, I'm a, I'm a salesperson, but uh, we call this, um, a, I'd call this a discovery session. The idea is we meet a customer, find out what they want and need, and then we translate that into how our products can do that for them. It's the same principle here. Understand what they want to do. So for example, I want to be a mage, I want to be a rogue, I want to be a warlock. Understand what they like about role-playing and translate that into an empire character because throwing them at the character mancer without any context is um, it's a little bit difficult for them but also there are things like um, in differences between regions so example in navarre the afathun is a little bit fucked to say the least and if uh, i'm a new player and i'm like oh the afathun sounds cool um i want to have a business and make money there and they get my player pack and I've lost 20% of it because the Aphrodite is a hellhole, then that's going to kind of suck if I didn't know about it in advance. So as you go through the character man, so I actually did this, t literally the point of this episode, I did this today with uh, one of my other friends who's now going to be coming. Uh, he's coming to E4. Explaining what each region does, what the abilities are, the covens, the sects, um, all of the uh, heroic skills and uh, other other skills as well. Um, just having that plain English discussion with them without sending them towards the wiki for a deep dive is really helpful. And you can also say, all right, you want to be a mage. Um, we've got two types of mage broadly. You've got battle mages and ritual mages. That's, I think, quite unique to Empire LARP compared to like, you know, D&D, &D, for example. So you can explain that, you know, one is, you know, whacking the stick on a person and saying paralyze, and the others might be casting this mighty super awesome role play ritual that turns you know makes the rivers run red and turns a place into a into a charnel house so yeah you know explaining that kind of thing to them is really important and it means that they're going to have they're going to hit the field with the abilities that they expect to have and understand what they're doing in their wider context um beyond characters uh, once they've made one and turned up the event, uh, go, go and get their player pack with them. Queuing for God and opening your little envelope for the first time, seeing your coins and your resources is fucking awesome. I mean, I still love it. Like, opening my player pack is genuinely like a birthday present. Doing that with your mates is even better. On top of going and getting your player pack with them, uh, get them down to the new player meeting. So I made this mistake at E3. I did not take my mate down to the new player skirmish. So um, to patch it up, we did some icy weapons 
training just to teach him how to fight pull his blows that kind of thing um you know that was fine it was actually quite fun to spar and duel but when you've got a lot of uh, crammed in time across the weekend getting them down to the new player skirmish is advisable and i think frankly the best solution um not only do you get uh you know you get to see them go off through the sentinel gate and have a whale of a time but also you've got the pd staff teaching them how to pull their blows and they also get a bit of experience in a um in a larger battle scenario more, more like a skirmish but still larger than you can probably provide in your individual group of you know one to 15 30 people whatever so yeah get them down to the new player meetings uh, there are a few others as well beyond combat but if they're looking at being a fighter then definitely get them down there next up is giving them a quest now i know what you're probably thinking like you know chris what the hell a quest um you know this isn't like world of warcraft where we've just got radiant ones all the time we can ping you towards what i mean by this is make something up even if it's a fetch task uh and more realistically if you think about what your character is trying to achieve at the event you, you've got a busybody now if you if you give someone that piece of game 99 percent of the time a simple errand can turn into a weekend long adventure i'll touch more on this on my hots and knots recording but uh at e3 i got on the friday night i was literally off to meet another player for a cheeky drink and I got uh, cursed with a sort of by the Whisper Gallery with a memory loss uh, curse spell. It was a bit unclear what it was. So I just forgot everything, uh, including where I was meant to be going for that drink. So I got you know collared uh, um, later on. And this small little piece of game actually turned into a whole weekend adventure and was an immense amount of fun. All of my old plans went out the window and it was all about, hey, Linda, Let's uh, let's get your memory back and going on this, not quite a wild goose chase, but certainly an elongated adventure around Anvil. We went through Varushka, we went to Urizen, uh, we ended up going to the um, Regio to get um, a ritual cast on me. It got about 30 people involved and it was just one simple action and it just spiraled out of control in the best way. So give your friends a quest. Um, if you're after a certain magical item, what you could do is say, right, you know, here's my resources um, plus yours. You've got half of what you need. I'll introduce you to some people, some traders, for example. And, you know, you spend, you know, Friday evening trading, trying to skim a profit and get hold of, you know, 30 Tempest Jade because I need it for a magical item. Something like that. Because even if they don't achieve it, they're going to go around and have uh, a lot of fun talking to people and understand the game a bit more. Um, if you if they don't like trading because you know talking to people is quite intimidating, right? Um, sending sending a message to an individual, or even just having them tailgate you around to one of your meetings if you're a senator or um, a general, for example. Just having them sit in on a meeting quietly at the back and just absorbing everything because it is very intense on your first event um, can really help them ease into it. And if you say, look here's some coins, here's, uh, here's a crown, go find me some food. They will, I mean, A, food, great. But B, you can point them off towards the marches, for example, go and get me a pork pie. And they'll wander off to the marches, have a chat with a player, bring you back a pork pie, maybe about four and a half hours later, after getting dragged into a game of foot the ball or some other random shit, frankly, and they'll come back with a big smile on their face. So definitely give them a quest. And 99% of the time, It'll be awesome. 
that 1% of the time they'll come back with your pie within 20 minutes. And you know what? That's great too, but I've never seen it happen. <laughs> All right. So there's a couple, not negative points, but I think uh, let's call them non-positives uh, to consider if you're um, you know, the so-called veteran bringing your new friend to Anvil. Um, be aware you're responsible for somebody. Uh, you're not responsible for them in terms of health care or anything, unless, of course, you know, you're a guardian or a partner or, you know, whatever. Um, you might actually be responsible, responsible for them. But what I mean in the context of bringing my adult friends is that you're partially responsible for getting them there and you're partially responsible for their fun, in my humble opinion. So being dumped in a field you're unfamiliar with and your friends just walking off and doing their own thing for the weekend. Some players will swim in that scenario, but I think a lot would sink. And from uh, chatting to a couple of my mates who actually had so they were solo LARPers um, before they sort of hung out with me, it can be really, really difficult and it can put you off. So just get them involved, even if it's on the Friday night, bring them to some meetings if you're busy, um, introduce them to your friends. Your other friends, your other members, if you're striding your household or whatever group you're in, uh, get get them some friendly faces they can talk to. Uh, if you can get them down on the Thursday night and do the whole outer character socials and the forge with them, introduce them. That will make a world of difference. And you know, fundamentally, it's quite fun seeing somebody else have fun. So I think thoroughly, don't just dump a minute. Give them a little bit of a life raft and do some introductions. Introduce them to some traders get them going around the field themselves before going off and doing your thing and that's why i put this as a non-positive point because of course you want to play a game as well you know you've paid your ticket you're there for the weekend you've got lots to do but if you're bringing people in just bear in mind that they're going to need a little bit of care the, the way i've written it down here in my notes is that make sure you invest the spark of the weekend and the rest will flow finally uh, get the referral code. Uh, you, you get 15 quid off your ticket if you refer someone else, and they will also get 15 quid off as well. It's a great deal, and frankly, you deserve it. You bring somebody in, you give them a good time, you deserve that discount, so use it. Third section here is actually some together tasks. So, you know, we talked about noobs, uh, sorry, new players, you know, going for some soft kit, good boots, all that stuff. Vets, give them something to do, lend them kit if you can, introduce them to people. But there are some things I think that are just wonderful to do together. And I've, I've kind of touched on a few already, but I'll go into more detail here. That will enrich your weekend and theirs without being any kind of drag in your role play or distracting you from the, the plot you want to engage with. Because fundamentally, I think these things are fun. So the first one is trading. I've talked about, you know, introducing them to some traders maybe and giving them a little side quest, but get them out, get them talking to people. It, it's, in my opinion, it's the easiest way to start feeling immersed in the system is once you've broken that ice and you can start talking to people. As a new player, you've got no idea what the politics are, the geography, the, the customs of any nation. You, the, the best line to say is, um, you know, I'm new to Anvil and most people understand that means I'm a new player. Go easy <laughs> or more realistically, hey, help me out, and they almost certainly will. But they don't have to. Bear that in mind, they don't have to. If you get you know, someone arsey at you in character, um, it can be pretty hard to not take it to heart. However, in reality, they might just be an arsey character. I've run into a couple, and then out of character hit them. So not hit them, uh, run into them. 
and uh, realise for the super nice that their character is a jackass. Um, but anyway, that's that's an aside. Get them out trading if they're comfortable doing so. And instead of relying on a farm or a business, as I've done with a couple of my friends, because uh, they just wanted coins for drinking money, you can actually add an extra layer of game by getting them to take uh, Tempest Jade Mines or Dragonbone Forests or Lau or Mana Crystals, that kind of thing. Because not only do you get to go sell them, uh, and you get a lot more money for it. Uh, as an example, you get 12 ingots of Tempest Jade. That's loosely 12 crowns. A business only gets you 9 crowns. So there's 3 crowns bonus for going and interacting with the game, which is a win-win scenario. Also, if uh, you know if you've got more cash, you can go around on bar tours. You can go and buy some of the food. Um, and if you've got those kind of trade resources as well, you can actually start impacting the plot. So last uh, last summit, I think there was something with an Eternal that needed three thousand ingots of Tempest Jade. And uh, if you happen to have a Tempest Jade mine, then great, you're suddenly in a you know you're in demand, and you can leverage that and go around talk to people, see the best prices you can get, and kind of be a bit you know, a bit smug about it, and you deserve it. <laughs> so yeah, go out trading together. It's really, really fun. Next up is a tour of Anvil. So uh, I've got a few tours listed here, but what I mean by this is in the daytime, or ideally at dusk, when the lights start coming on, just walk around the place, take in the sights, and the immersion is, ugh, it's wonderful. Especially uh, a top spot is if you go up the hill towards the main entrance to Navarre. And before you go into the forest, turn around and just look at Anvil. You see this lovely rolling landscape covered in tents, campfires, uh, some lovely blue LEDs and Urizen. And just the bustle, the sound, the people moving around, it's just phenomenal. Go do that with them and you'll have a, a, real, a real moment together. Another recommendation for tours is following uh, musicians, or in this, uh, in this specific case, I've put down the Bardsteads, which are a musical group. They're relatively new to Anvil. I think they've been here like this year. Um, they go around with this awesome wagon playing musical instruments. They're very, very good. They're very fun to listen to. Follow them around and just enjoy the music, but also enjoy where you're going. Because I find um, if you walk into a camp or uh, so let's say Dawn, for example, it can be a little bit insular. Not not calling out Dawn in specific, I'm just saying in general. Turning up in a camp, there's lots of groups doing things, and it's kind of hard to get um, an in. However, if you're part of the entourage of a band, that band might go up to the nearest large bar, and everyone makes way and welcomes you in. And then at that point, you can kind of tailgate onto them and uh, enjoy some music and be immersed in the crowd. It's uh, It's really, really fun. You'll see lots of Anvil. And also they're very talented musicians, so uh, shout out to them. If you're not as mobile, uh, so my brother who used to used to attend uh, had mobility problems and you know, walking around Anvil just wasn't practical. Um, there's some static music spots as well. So Songs and Stories in Navarre, it's right in the heart of the forest. Uh, you can get some seating there, it's really important. And sit down and spend... I think it's about three or four hours you know, hearing people's stories, singing along to the classic songs. There's a big roaring campfire, so it's quite warm. And there's loads of people to chat with, loads of stores literally within you know, five, ten meters. So it's very easy to get a toasty or some cake, um, some drinks if you're into that. Songs and Stories is phenomenal. I think, honestly, if I had to, I'm, you know, as a Navari, I'm of course biased. 
what I think is a singular event out of the entirety of Empire. That includes battles, uh, the Senate, um, any other camp. I think Songs and Stories in the VAR is the absolute pinnacle. Visit it. Love it. You'll see what I mean. The other spot I'd recommend, um, especially if it's getting quite cold, is the Wintermark Hearth. They have a big fire pit right in the middle of the camp. Um, it's in the open, so lots of people gather around. It's a central meeting point, but they keep it well stocked with fuel. And if you're just fucking freezing, or if you're a little bit cold or wet, go there, warm up. It's a really good spot because you can get right next to the fire. It's very hot, and just being warm will boost your morale, and um, it'll feel pretty awesome. The final thing I wanted to touch on is a together task. And, oh yeah, sorry, on the Wintermark Hearth and the Songs and Stories, doing them together, um, you hear lots of music and tale telling around these places. It's awesome. Finally, a bar tour. Now, I've put this in bold. It's optional. If you don't drink, a lot of people don't. It's uh, I've got some recommendations here and well. It's not mandatory to get absolutely smashed in Anvil. And I think, you know, my first few events, I turned up to fight and drink. And that was my game, and I really enjoyed it. But now as I've got towards uh, getting involved in plot, uh, understanding the intricacies of, of Navarre, I mean, not really the rest of the Empire so far. Navarre's kept me busy for eight bloody years. But I would recommend that you enjoy your drinks. But like my comment earlier in the, in the uh, new player section, don't get rat-assed and wrecked to the point it destroys your weekend and you spend all of Sunday or woe betide a whole Saturday suffering from a hangover. You know, enjoy your drinks responsibly. Be sensible-ish. You know, it's it's a it is a festival weekend. Go hard if you if you'd like to, but don't wreck yourself. I think the expression "check yourself before you wreck yourself" is a good rule of thumb. So anyway, going in a bar tour is not mandatory, but if you're a drinker, I would recommend going to Uncle Regrezio's in the league. As you might be able to tell from the name, um, you might regret it. I will leave any other information out it's worth a visit it's very very fun go as a group and you'll have a good time if you don't drink um i'd recommend you go there's a few places um go to the artisan's arms in wintermark it's a it's a large sort of mead and food tent like a oh, not a beer hall i'm struggling to think of the word now social area social tent um like uh, Okay, they're not Vikings, but imagine a Viking longhouse kind of vibe. There's food, there's ale, there's non-alcoholic drinks, it's sheltered, and it's an awesome place to go and just soak up the atmosphere. You'll sit down, I think there's a few benches in there, there's lots going on, lots of people to meet, and if you just go and take a pew, you'll run into somebody, have a conversation, and end up on an adventure. It's uh, really, really cool. And certainly in my early days, uh, was a was a regular stop on my nights out. There's also a large tent in Dawn called the Wise Guys. As you're uh, walking into Dawn, it's kind of, uh, imagine a glory scare is in front of you. It's in the top right, usually. Again, same vibe as the uh, Artisan's Arms. It's, you know, a large tent with seating in a bar. Great social space. You don't have to drink, but if you'd like to, it's all on tap. And also, it has a fantastic view of the Glory Square. So you can watch all the tournaments, fights, and other drama going on in Dawn and really enjoy the spectacle. In Varushka, if you're a gambling kind of person, there's a pub called the Honeypot. It's got shelter, benches, it's a little bit smaller than the other two I've mentioned, 
But if you turn up, you can usually get a seat or a game at some point, or they might tell you to come back in 20 minutes. Really cool place. Personally, uh, when I was playing Ban, took my gang down there a lot. It is a very fun and very well-run place. Big fan of it. Shout out to them. Honeypot is fucking great. Finally, as part of your tour, uh, the Na Market, which is a market in Navarre. This place is a bit more outdoors, so it doesn't necessarily have shelter, but frankly, uh, we've had almost no rain this year. The events are chosen on dates that, you know, the likelihood of rain is low, but remember, it's not zero. But yeah, the Na Market is awesome. It's got a few different stalls. It's kind of like if you've ever been in Borough Market in London. It's got a big horseshoe of anything from massages to drinks to food to um, accessories that you can buy for in-character money. Loads of seats, a bunch of fires, and it is a lovely place just to chill out, relax, and again, meet a bunch of people, enjoy the vibe, and it's only a few, it's sort of about, I reckon about 30, 40 meters from the Songs and Stories circle. So again, if you struggle getting around, um, again, I'm biased here, but being in the VAR, you've got a lot of different choices of seating to go to and still have lots of entertainment and engagement as well. So there we go. That wraps up what I wanted to share. This is by no means an exhaustive list and definitely not correct. Lots of people can have different ways of getting people in, what they consider fun or not fun. But in my experience, I've got a bunch of people in and most of them have stayed. So I think my track record is, it's all right. And just to, you know, just to summarize, if you're brand new, invest in your soft kit, boots and staying warm. If you're a veteran, get them involved in the new player meetings, help them out with the FOMO with some hard kit if you can. And remember that give them some tasks, give them a bit of support on the first day and you'll really help them have a great event. And then when you're hanging out together, go trading, follow some musicians around. And if you've got a bar tour, go and check out some of the places I mentioned. They're great places, they're great hubs just to begin an adventure. But this is a final note, citizens. You could always just go and do a bunch of crime.